What's going on, everyone? It is another episode of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire Podcast Network. It's your boy, Jevin Lefebvre. On this episode, I welcome back my cousin, the man behind the name, Left Side Heavy, Mitch Ledgerd. Uh, it was a great interview. Um, unfortunately, we went through a few Wi-Fi problems and the audio might be a little bit off, but nonetheless, it was a great episode with the boy. Talk about him and the SFU boys winning the the title, and then we talk about playoff scenarios, kind of who we like going in. Um, unfortunately, we talk about the passing of Mike Bossy, but other than that, it was a great episode all around. And I just hope you guys enjoy it overall. Uh, please forgive me for any sort of issues that may run into with um, with audio and just like the lagging and everything. But nonetheless, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. And here is Mitch. It's episode 94 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jevin Lefebvre, and I welcome back on the weenie head himself, Mitch Ledgerd. How's it going, buddy? How are we doing today? Not too bad, buddy. Thanks for having me back on. For sure. What are you up to right now? We're about to uh, you got the you got the jerseys in the back. Yeah, those are uh, one's a little charity jersey. One's uh... Oh, that's beautiful. A little uh, all-star game jersey and prospect jersey, but uh, yeah, you know, it's 9.30, just still waking up, a little bit early still, but hanging in there. Is that a Movember jersey? Yeah, so the the middle one, it was, it was the charity game, and uh, they made like a bunch of different jerseys and stuff, and uh, that's the one that I ended up with for uh, for my team. It was pretty sweet, one of the better ones, so locked out. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. But how's uh how's school treating you? You got uh you got some studying to do today. That's why we're kind of kicking it off pretty early on this Monday morning. Yeah, this week is uh this week's gonna be a grind. I got one final on well, not a grind, but I got one on Saturday. That's my last one. Um, but it's managerial accounting, so I gotta gotta buckle down for that. <laughs> that sounds like an absolute trip. Yeah, it'll be uh. It's going to take me for a ride for sure. <laughs> um, I want to talk about your, because uh, you play on the SFU team and uh, you guys had an absolute season uh, going undefeated, taking it home, taking, uh, taking home the chip in the, in the end. But uh, just explain the whole season kind of, were you guys expecting that? Like, were you, obviously you kind of go into a season with some positives, but were you expecting to go undefeated and, no, I mean, <clears throat> you never really expect to go undefeated and never lose. Like, started the year, I was a little skeptical. Um, you never really know how a team's going to work out with younger guys and stuff like that. But yeah, it was it was a crazy year. I got I got injured the first semester, so I didn't I didn't play too much. I only played uh, our exhibition games. I didn't play any regular season. Um, yeah, so that was tough to watch, but the boys did a great job going undefeated in first semester and then um, got me back in the lineup, a couple other guys, and yeah, it was it was crazy. It was just everything everything fell into place, everything fell into our favor, and yeah, it was it was one of the most uh, fun years of hockey I've had for sure. So obviously going undefeated it's not an easy thing to do but like what was it about the team that um made you guys so successful like is it the skill of the players or was it like the team dynamics was it a mix of both like what kind of made you guys i would say a mix yeah i would say a mix of both um we were we were a pretty tight group, like in the locker room, outside of the locker room. Um, we did did a bunch of stuff away from the rink, just to, like stay connected and hang out with the guys and 
yeah, and, and skill as well. We had we had a super skillful team. We had um, our top top six, top nine was pretty skilled. I would you could probably interchange a couple of those lines um, to be first line, third line, whatever. But um, yeah, and our, our D our D were really solid on the back end um, on both sides of the puck. So, but um, yeah, I mean you can't. Skill is one thing, but I think uh, you can't really do much if you like don't like the guys on your team. You yeah. don't really want to play for them. So I think I think that's the biggest thing. We were we're all pretty close, so it made it more enjoyable for sure. That's awesome because especially when you know there's an end goal, and if you don't, if you just have guys you can't really like rock with, then it just makes that year much longer yeah. and just harder in general. So it's good that you guys kind of got off on the right foot. But um, oh, what was I gonna say? Yeah, I lost my train of thought. But um, going into playoffs, was there any? Uh, did it make it harder? Did, did the games feel that much harder to try and keep the um, uh, number of losses at zero? Like, because obviously there's like expectations almost. And like you, you've gotten this far. You want to keep it that way. Did the games make it like feel that much harder, or did you guys just stick to your game plan like you did all season? Um, I mean, we we definitely stuck to the game plan, but definitely those playoff games have a little bit more intensity and a little more nerve wracking because we have that um, undefeated season. It's almost almost doesn't make it worth it if if we don't go all the way yeah. it's just like what do we do this for like obviously still great but you obviously want the end prize at the end of the day um but yeah those those were more nerve-wracking playoff games to keep keep the uh the stature that we had um and obviously playoffs are a different animal in in every sport and uh especially hockey intensity ramps up everyone's checks tighter harder um yeah, it was, it was good. We uh, pulled it out. So we were talking earlier, and you guys actually have um, a big chunk of your roster coming back next year. Does you, do you kind of hope for the same kind of thing? Obviously, you hope to win, but do you, are you kind of expecting a similar season just because you already have the chemistry now? Yeah, I mean, I, I hope. I hope we can. Yeah. I hope we can not lose because – Winning is winning's the best, but uh, I I can't I can't see why we can't come close at least. Um, we're gonna have we're gonna have a stronger team next year, I think. Gonna get some good recruits in this year. Um, yeah, just it just comes down to the team dynamic again. But uh, since we got everyone coming back and everyone's pretty familiar with each other already, um, I don't see why we can't build off that environment and strive for another, another great season. You, uh, you played um, your boy Ron after playing so many years together, like in, through Poco and just uh, minor hockey as well. And I know you've played each other um, a few times throughout the season, but just explain being on a different side of him rather than playing on the same side for like so many years. Mm-hmm. how well uh, just like how was that it's different um obviously he's one of, one of my good buddies but um yeah once once we're out there we'll give each other a hey how's it going you know we don't we don't see each other too often now that he's on the island but um just a little hey how's it going like have a good game just that that little stuff um give, give him a couple extra whacks here and there but no that's <laughs> naturally you have to yeah yeah, it's always it's always a good time playing. He's he's a good player too. So, um, yeah, it's good good watching him succeed. But uh, yeah, once once we're in the game, it's it's pretty much all business. Yeah, hundred percent. But I saw that uh, you guys got Boudreaux, uh cameo for for um, oh, yeah. was it for for Jack mm-hmm. Hamilton? Yeah. How was that? Because um, the 
the Poco brothers, the beer league team that I play for, we got a Bruce Boudreau to do a pump up speech for us. And it was, it was unbelievable. But what made you do the Boudreau cameo for, for Hamilton there? He's just the biggest diehard Bucks fan you'll ever meet. <laughs> you know, wherever, wherever we're at, whether it's a bar or like dinner or something, I'll like always be checking the Canucks scores and like, oh, Canucks, oh my God, JT Miller, like, holy shit. But um, so we, we just like, we were trying to think of something for his birthday because it was his birthday like a weeks ago or last week. And uh, we were just looking up on like, just like ideas or whatever and cameo popped into our heads and we saw Bruce. There's a couple other kind of like Danny JT Miller and Thatcher Demko were there, but um we thought Bruce would be hilarious. Um and he, he did did a pretty good job. So we gave him a couple prompts to say and it ended up pretty good. He's a funny guy. That's unbelievable. Boudreaux's yeah, the ones that he gave us, he was just firing us up because it was for the first game of playoffs. And just talking, relating us to like their season, and I'm like, it's a little Unreal. different, but it's a uh, yeah. The coaching mentality is it was um it was so funny, but I got quite like if you were to get a cameo from anyone, just a free cameo, who would you try to try to get? It could be like a happy birthday message for anyone, or like even just like a pump up speech. Who would you try and get a cameo for, or from? Who would I get a cameo from? Hmm. Maybe like Will Ferrell would be pretty good. <laughs> would be unbelievable. Be funny. Him or like him or John C. Riley, maybe. Those would be pretty pretty <laughs> good ones to yeah. Those guys are funny as hell. It's gotta be Will Ferrell as Anchorman. Yeah. Yeah. That would be yeah. Uh yeah, that's that's probably a top tier answer. I can't really think of much better than that. <laughs> Farrell or yeah, Snoop? He, that would be great. Yeah, Snoop would be pretty good. Snoop would be pretty sweet. But anyways, let's get into some some hacky talk here. Um, it just seems like every episode where someone tragically passed, but we're gonna talk about the great uh, Mike Bossy unfortunately passed from lung cancer at the age of 65 years old. Talk about someone who was top tier at their craft. I mean, like Bossy got his career cut short. He only played like 10 seasons in the league, but 752 games played and he had 573 goals, over a thousand points, nine straight 50 goal seasons. He had 85 goals in 129 playoff games. He won four straight cups, went to five straight finals. What are you like? What are you going to remember Mike Bossy as? And yeah, what do you like? How are you going to remember Bossy? Because he's just like someone, if you were going to talk about the best goal scorers in NHL history, he's got to be in your top three, if not top two. So it's just unbelievable how good of a player he was. But how are you going to remember Bossy? Just a pure goal scorer. I mean, I haven't uh, I haven't watched too much of him because he's back in the seventies with Islanders and stuff. But um, I think he's up there for like top two or top three like goals per game um, after like a certain amount of games or whatever. But yeah, just just terrible to see him see him go so young. But I mean, he definitely left his legacy on the league for sure. Just uh, great guy and knows how to put the puck in the net better better than most. So yeah. Yeah, one of the be- one of the most like all time quotes from him was like I don't I don't aim for corners, I just shoot on net. That's how you score. Yeah. And it's like I just put it on net and it just went in. That's just how it was done. I didn't pick corners. I didn't waste my time doing that. Must be nice. And I, yeah, it must be nice. And I guess that's how you have the yeah, I think I saw the same stat as you, like the highest uh, goals per game. He's like 0. 0.753 or yeah. something like that, goals per game. Him and Lemieux, I think, are top two. Yeah, just... Something stupid. It's amazing because 10 years, like, that's not a long time in the league. And 
from his rookie year to his second last year in the league, he got at least 50 goals. Yeah. Which, when you piece that together, it's just, it's insane, man. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You said nine straight 50 goal seasons? Yeah. From wow. seven, from 1977 to 1986. Yeah. And, then, and then his last year in the league was 86-87. Yeah. And he put home like 36. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Damn. What a run. Yeah. I know, right? And I think just injuries got him, which is just yeah. – which sucks because just like what could be. Yeah, seriously, hey. Like, do you think he would have the goal record? I think he'd be pretty close. Played, what, five more years, maybe? Yeah, I mean, he put up 573 in 700 games, so. Yeah, four or five more years, I think he'd be pretty freaking close to that. Yeah. That's crazy. I think he honestly would just. Probably have it, yeah. The pace he was going at. And those Islander teams were good and like he doesn't have to put a 50 every year <laughs> but he was <laughs> that's the thing <laughs> it's like yeah like he was fully capable to, oh my gosh 50 goals nine straight 50 and he he hit like 60 like three times yeah that's outrageous wow but another guy who's having an absolute tear every year is matthews and I want to talk about your Leafs for a little bit because you are a Leafs guy for some reason. I don't get it. But uh, <laughs> but your boy, Austin Matthews, I think he's the runaway heart this year. He's having a career year. And the Leafs are just having one of their best franchise years that they've had in at least a super long time. But Matthews with 58 goals. Um, cracked 100 points for the first time, if I'm not mistaken. But what are your thoughts on this year that your um, your Leafs are having? And do you think it's any different? Do you think things are going to play out different than they have in the past? I mean, I sure hope so. I mean, this is – we just set new franchise records, 50 wins, 106 points in the season. That is – that's pretty good. Um, last time, a couple more to go. So yeah, last time I checked, that was pretty good. Yeah, that should that, that should get you in the playoffs at least. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's been it's been pretty fun to watch, especially Matthews and Marner and Bunting. That line's been pretty incredible. Um, scoring any way possible, they're doing it. Um, obviously had a bit of goaltending woes recently, but um, I think overall, like. Team defense has been a lot better than years prior. Obviously, having like Giordano and a guy like Labushkin who can push some guys around and intimidate a little bit out there on the walls and stuff. Um, yeah, but it's going to come down to um, playoffs. Obviously, I know Matthews hasn't had the most productive playoffs as his regular seasons have been. Um, but I think I think he's I think he's grown a lot as a player. He's he's playing a lot more um, team defense. He's he's a lot better um, away from the puck than years prior. I think so. Just try to change a change a gear and one more gear into playoffs, and hopefully they can get past Boston if they play them for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, Boston's your just your guys' kryptonite, eh? Oh yeah. But is um is there a team that you just don't want to play in the first? Like, would you like Tampa or Boston? Because it kind of seems like it's creeping that way. Is there someone you'd rather play than the other? Uh, I mean, even being second in the division, those two teams are not an easy draw. Like, that's not an no, easy third place team to play. <laughs> I mean. It's either you're playing your kryptonite team or the back-to-back defending champs. I mean, pick your poison, really. It's <laughs> pretty, pretty shitty either way. <laughs> um, but I would, I guess, I would have to go with Boston. 
because Tampa is an absolute wagon. Vasilevsky is a machine in the playoffs, and they can score at will. Um, and Boston hasn't been, I don't think, as strong as um, years prior with Bergeron and those guys aging a little bit. But I don't know. I think I think Boston would be would be great for them to play in the first round if they can beat them then that's a big like emotional barrier i think to hurdle over so i would i would have to go with them yeah because especially with some of the um struggles on the defensive end for boston and then Mm -hmm. their power play for some reason can be like inconsistent and if pasternak he's kind of he's out right now so if he's still like if he still has like some sort of injury bug lingering and going into the playoffs, then it might throw a little bumps your way, like in your favor. But no, it's a, it's a tough draw for Toronto, no matter what, like the East is just unbelievably incredible. It's so good. Like so many top teams. Rangers, Rangers have Shesty and, their power play is unbelievable. Yeah. Panarin. And then Pittsburgh, you got the research. Like, Crosby's had an unbelievable year. And, yeah. he, and he was hurt for the first few weeks yeah. of the season. Yeah, I was talking about it. Like, I think he's having a really underappreciated year. Like, yes, like you said, sure. not enough people are talking about it. And then Florida, I, everyone knows the season Florida's having. And then – Enough said there. Like the two wildcard teams, Boston and Washington, can probably spank every single team in the Pacific except maybe Calgary. Yeah. Like, it's amazing how loaded the East is. But it's going to be interesting. Back to what I was saying, like the least first round struggles is obviously apparent to everyone. And everyone kind of refers back to history when they predict, make their predictions about how they'll do. And obviously, you want to go on a year to your basis because judging off past year's experience, it doesn't always um, relate to the current season. But what do you think will get them through the first round? And like, what do you think will be the reason they don't make it through the first round? I think it's for both. I think it's just their their like will to win and like intensity and toughness levels because. Um, like I mentioned before, and everyone says, like playoffs and hockey is completely different animal. You got to play a different way. You can't be, you can't be shying away from hits. You can't be going into corners with one hand on your stick. You got to be, you got to bear down and hike your hike your pants up a little bit and and dig in. But uh, I don't know. They haven't they haven't really had a bunch of that. Um, and years prior, so that's why they haven't been like super successful. But uh, I think they have. These guys are these guys are older now, getting older each year, um, a little more experience and on how to play the game. So I think uh, I think they'll have more will to win, and I think that'll be that'll be a big contributing factor for sure. Do you think this Toronto Maple Leafs team can win the Stanley Cup? I just can't see it. I would love, I would love to see it, but I, I can't. They can't. I don't think they're better than Florida. I don't think they're. I don't think they can beat a team like, like Calgary or, or Colorado from the West. Even if they make it through the East. Um, yeah, like Florida's too good. And then on the other side, Colorado's a, a weapon too. They got. They got so much firepower. Yeah, so I don't know. That's it's basically comes down to toughness, I think. I think they added some some good leadership with Giordano and good toughness with a few other guys. And Simmons Simmons seems like he, he wants to fight everything that moves. So if he can if he can add sparks to these uh, to these younger guys in the dressing room, I think I think that'll definitely help and definitely show show what it takes to win. Yeah, I also think an important factor is Marner because he's shown that he can has the good defensive capabilities 
and he's shown that he's willing to do as much as he can to win. But the production that you guys signed him for has kind of gone flat in the playoffs. Do you think this year is going to be different for him? Because he has had the struggles like <clears throat> of not being able to score on the power play, but then he kind of started heating up once he got that monkey off the back. Do you think he can uh, – He's going to turn it on in playoffs. Do you think this year is going to be different? Because I honestly think he's going to put some of the haters to – he's going to silence some of the haters. Like, I think he's going to have a good playoffs on, like, past years. But how do you think he's going to do? I would agree. I think I think it's his time to, to show what he's really made of. And, I mean, doing good in the regular season is one thing, but playoffs is where is where you make your money. It's where you, where you show people what you're really made of. It's a – different beast it's a different animal and same goes for Matthews too he said he's uh under his regular point point per game standard in regular season in the playoffs he's not uh he's not quite there I think I think he's got a little bit more to show as well so I think those guys have been clicking pretty good this year with bunting and I think it'll continue into the playoffs and they should uh they should be more productive for sure yeah man we'll definitely see and uh see if this year's different but i want to shift to another team minnesota and kaprizov just set a wild record a single season record with 43 goals and 93 points this guy is if you watch him play he's got to be one of the more exciting players to watch do you think that he could be up there to get maybe he's not going to win the heart but do you think he's he can be up there and deserve to deserves to get some votes yeah i i can definitely see some people voting for him um i I definitely don't think he'll win it there's i think there's more um candidates that are more deserving but um i I don't watch a ton of wild wild games but when i see his highlights it's holy shit this guy can fly he's like such a good skater he just like does does laps around the offensive zone, just like toys with defenders, and basically does whatever he wants when he has the puck. Um, yeah, 40, 43 goals is nothing to nothing to just look past. I mean, everyone's a bunch of guys have got over forty goals this year, which is crazy. But uh, no, he's he's definitely dynamic, definitely dynamic talent for sure. Yeah, because I uh, you always speculate um, the Russians who come over late um, to the NHL. Like he had a lot of hype coming to his rookie year, and it's hard to live up to that. But when he, he was a rookie last year, right, or two years yep. ago? Yeah, last, last year. year. He just he made it clear why the hype was legit. Like he was unbelievable and deserved that Calder trophy. And then you talk about sophomore slumps, which is very prominent. It's, it's pretty consistent. Like a lot of people who have great rookie years struggle in the second year. And now he's just elevated his game even more and doubled down on the contract that he signed. It's, I'm so excited to keep watching this player because he's made Minnesota exciting again because they've always been that team where it's like very average, like they're the definition of average. They would yeah. always like slightly miss the playoffs or just make it in a first round bounce, mid round first pick. And it's just like now it's like, okay, this team can contend. Yeah. But what do you think the ceiling is for this Minnesota team? Um, damn, that's a, that's a good question. Cause they're, they're like pretty solid, like all the way throughout their lineup. They got some, some big forwards, some gritty forwards, some forwards that can score like Zuccarello and Caprizov. Obviously you got this boldy kid who's having a really good year. Um, and their D are good too. Spurgeon, Dumba, and a bunch of those guys. They got flurry between the pipes now with, with Talbot. Um, I mean, they're they're technically all in for this. Yeah, Flurry at the deadline. Um, I think they see they have a they have a decent opportunity. 
Um, and why not? I mean, the West is not very good. Um, so yeah, they'll they'll probably just have to bounce bounce off of Colorado though if they make it that far. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't want to get uh, wouldn't want to play them. No, yeah, they're definitely a dangerous team because you got like Hartman who's having a good year as well, and then like just that entire line with Zuccarello, Kaprizov, and Hartman. There's just it's a line that on paper, besides Kaprizov, doesn't really scare you, but like they're having an insanely productive year. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the thing about Minnesota is like they're deceivingly good. Yeah. Like they're not going to scare you on paper, but they just come out flying and they're just like well coached and they got a bunch of players who are just committed, mm-hmm. which I think makes them really really scary but yeah i wanted to talk about them for a bit and then uh the flames so tree living came out and said that he will move heaven and earth to re-sign goudreau who is a ufa at the end of this year he's having a career year of 105 points and they just clinched the playoff spot with their 9-1 win over arizona who has been on an absolute stinker as of late have you have you seen arizona's past losing streak yeah they are getting destroyed yeah so five five nothing lost to the ducks and then they won over um chicago and then five one lost to the blues five one lost to the canucks six one lost to the knights six two lost to the devils seven one lost to the yotes uh to the canucks and then nine one lost to the flames Not gonna get it done. And I understand that um like they're rebuilding right, like they're just taking on contracts for picks, and like yeah. I can understand why they're losing, but this is like they don't even have a team together. No, <laughs> no it's they are down bad right now. Yeah. They are down bad. I mean they lost their best player, Kate. Clayton Keller do a brutal injury, but I don't know. They're gonna be they're gonna be in the dog in the doghouse for a while. Um they got they gotta hit their picks for sure. They like they gotta hit their top five picks, otherwise yeah. they are screwed. Like they're relying heavy on nailing these picks. Because if they can hit on like 70% of these picks, then they're gonna be flying yeah. in a few years. But it, I mean, like Barrett Hayton isn't working out, and he was, uh, I think fifth overall. Mm-hmm. Clayton Keller's been good. He's been he's had his best year this year on Arizona's yep. worst team. But do you think they get eventually get moved? I don't know. I think I think it'll be interesting to see how the ASU situation goes first. Um. Yeah, because it's all about revenue. I don't know how much revenue they can be able to pull in from like 4,000, 5,000 seat arena. But uh, I mean, I could see it. But I heard Batman doesn't want them going out of Arizona. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Where, if they were to be moved, where would you want to see them go? I don't know. I heard something like Milwaukee or something. Or like, I heard Quebec City too would be get, get a team back there would be would be pretty sweet. Um, I think Quebec City would be electric. Yeah, that would be good. They need something there again. Yeah, I think that would, that would be the best spot for them. It's just tough because I don't know if they want to do it with like the dollar and just, I don't know, I've I, I think Canada needs another team, but I don't know if they'd move up to Canada. I don't know if they would mm. do that. But I also heard Houston. I think Houston could be good. It's like the biggest yeah. city in the States that doesn't have a professional team. Yeah. I mean, like the state of Texas has like Dallas and like the Stars and the Cowboys. But Houston itself is like an unbelievable city from what I've heard. The hockey culture is insane down there. Mm 
So mm-hmm. I heard that's another potential spot, which I wouldn't hate. No. I think. Why not? I think I would assume that players like going down to Texas and because I've just heard good things about um, just like that environment overall. So mm-hmm. I think it could be interesting. But, yeah, Arizona's in, in a bind right now. They're, they're yeah. uh, big time. Yeah, it's tough right now. But back to the Flames because they got an interesting predicament this year. And I feel like this is their make it or break it year because they have Kachak who's up as well and Goudreau. And it's just like I would do everything in my power to try and keep that line together because Lindholm, Kachak, and Goudreau has been one of the best lines in hockey this year. Mm -hmm. And – do you think Goudreau is back in a Flames uniform next year? Damn. Uh, I mean, I don't know who else is up for contract, but I don't know if they're going to be able to afford both those guys. Because um, what? Kachuk, Kachuk's going to score 50 goals this year. He's going to want at least like $9 million. And yeah. Goudreau is, like, top three in points, so he's going to want, like, $10 million probably. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. You, I think they'll only be able to keep one, and I don't know. Who who would you get rid of, Kachuk or Lindholm? Or uh, Kachuk or Goudreau? Would you not sign? I think I would keep with Kachuk, to be honest. Yeah, I think he brings more. Brings more to All the right. table and is younger and probably I I would put them around the same contract. Yeah. If anything, I think I'd give more money to Kachuk just for the simple fact of him being so much more versatile. But I mean Kachuk is an RFA, so if he takes a bridge, but I don't think he'd want that because he kind of already did that. He's on that. Yeah, he already year. took a three year, didn't he? Yeah. So He's going to want eight, probably. Yeah. Or just try and buy out some contracts, maybe. But, like, Mangiapane's up this year. And he's had a good year. Yeah, he's got, like, 30-something goals. Yeah, they signed Coleman to a six-year deal, 4.9 a year. Like, he's not a bad player, but that might kind of handcuff you a bit. That's a lot of money for that guy. Yeah. You got, yeah, it's just some some players that are like, what, you got uh, Zadorov, um, Erica Branson, UFAs. Like, their defense is going to be thinning out too. Like, they got a lot yeah. of, there's a lot of red tags beside these contracts that are coming up yeah. shortly. But I think the big ones right now are Manji Upani, Kachuk, and Goudreau. Three guys who have contracts up this year and who've, all had career years, which is not an ideal spot to be in. No. So that's why I think this is like their make it or break it year because it's like you're not going to have yeah. the same roster. No, their hands are tied for sure. It'll be interesting to see what what they have come next year. Around for like Goudreau, though, because he's probably going to be expecting a big number, like we've said, what pedestal would you put him on? Like what would you – if you're his agent, how would you kind of negotiate? Like, um, who would you put him like compare him to, so you can get like a number? Like, what level would you put him on? Like a Marner level, or like where would you kind yeah. of put him? I would. I'd say that's a decent comparable. Um, I don't know if he'll ask for or get that much. What's Marner making like? 10, 10 six or something. Yeah. Something like that. Um, maybe like nine and a half. But I think, I think Marner as like a player is a good comparable to Goudreau, like both pretty silky and shifty with the puck, but I can't see him making the same dollar amount. Yeah. And I think Marner is slightly above Goudreau. Just, I think he, yeah. I think he's better like defensively. And I just think he's a bit more dynamic as a player, but like Goudreau is no slouch either. I think he's around a $9 million player. Um, yeah. 
I uh, it's gonna be interesting to see who they keep because mm-hmm. I do think they go with Kachuk though, and but I mean, it sounds like Tree Loving really wants to keep Goudreau, so maybe they just like make a lot of trades, like give up picks to like for teams to take on a player, kind of thing, because yeah. they got a lot of they got a lot of moving around to do. So definitely. So as we uh near the end of this episode, I want to talk about some playoff scenarios here because the East looks like it's set and there's just maybe some movement within the playoff structure, but all teams are clinched. Every other team in the East is eliminated. We got Carolina sitting at the top of the Metro with the Rangers in second and Pitt in third. And then we got Florida sitting atop the Atlantic with the Leafs in second and the Lightning in third. And then Boston with the first wild card and Washington with the second. So we got Florida, Washington, Carolina, Boston, T.O. Tampa, Rangers, Pitt. Let's sit. Let's let's go to the top of Florida, Washington. Now, this isn't necessarily set, and we're gonna do a I'm gonna do a bit more of a deeper playoff preview later but how just on the surface what do you look at when it comes to this matchup that's interesting um i mean you can't really ever count out Ovi and oshi and baxham and those guys those guys are those guys are winners they've done it before um they have the leadership to to get the job done but I think Florida is just too much. They have too much depth up front on the back end in the net too. Um, the Rusky's been lights out this year. Yeah, I I can't really see Florida losing that one. Yeah, no. How do you think uh, their uh, goalies do in the playoffs, Florida? Because Bobrovsky's one of the more uh, unpredictable goalies in the league because. Mm-hmm. He signs that 10-sheet contract and has a stinker first year with the team. Doesn't play up to his contract. and But now he's just one of the better goalies this year. And obviously, Florida helps being on that team because that team's a wagon through and through. But do you think he keeps us up in the playoffs? Because there's a lot of hype around Spencer Knight as well. And he's been kind of underwhelming. He's been good, but not as good as everyone thought. Like, everyone was thinking, can he take over the number one spot over Bob? Yeah. But how do you think that tandem carries through into the playoffs and, like, through the playoffs? Do you think they keep up with this outstanding performance throughout the regular season, or do they kind of just underperform? Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Definitely a lot of people and. In Florida, I'll have their eyes on Bobrovsky, see how he performs. But I, I think he'll be okay. I mean, he's an old enough guy. He's he's done this stuff before. Um, I think there was a lot of expectations of him signing that contract and filling that $10 million role and becoming, like, what, the highest-paid goalie besides, like, Price, maybe? Yeah. So, like, that's, that's saying a lot. Um and I mean, this year he's showing it, so I think uh, I think he'll continue it too. I think he will. Do you think the Florida? Do you think Florida can win the cup this year? Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, they have all the pieces to win it. Yeah, they're big. They're they got some some guys that can move, guys that can score, guys that can save the puck. Yeah, they got. They're pretty much. Uh, Pretty much loaded. And that rookie, Anton Lindell, is who knew like a rookie would be a talking point in this loaded Florida team because Huberto's having an absolute season. Barkov is Barkov. Duclair, Sam Reinhart, they've been having great seasons. Ekblad was having a Norris caliber season before he kind of slightly slowed down and then got hurt. And then the mm. resurgence of Bob, like we've just talked about. But then there's like this rookie that just comes out of nowhere. Anton Lindell just has a crazy year. Do you think he makes big impacts in the playoffs? I think so. 
Um, I mean, people are people are calling him the mini Barkov. Um, I saw he had a. I watched a bit of the Florida game yesterday, and they had a. He had a nice little uh, shorthanded goal assisted from Barkov with a sick pass from Barkov. If you didn't see that, um, but uh, yeah, he's he's such like a smart player for for how young he is. He like he thinks the game really well. He sees the game really well. Um, and he's like so smooth. I watch him skate. He's like so good on his edges and looks effortless. So I think he'll, uh, I think he'll definitely be be a difference maker in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, another one I want to talk about is the rain is uh Rangers and Pitt because you're you already got that uh, as they said on Chicklets that bulletin board, um, Shesterkin wave goodbye at Santa Rice when they shut out the pens. If this stays the way it is, Rangers and Pitt, I think this is going to be one of the more enticing series in all of playoffs because you got Crosby, Malkin, and Latangs. Like, is this their last run at a cup? Because I think this Pittsburgh team is good enough to at least make things competitive. And then you got this Rangers team where things just seem to be clicking for them this year. And they don't seem like an, a joke or overhyped or frauds. Like their five-on-five five play needs to improve because playoffs, you're not going to get as many calls going your way. And many power plays are like power plays are hard to come by. How do you see this series playing out? And do you think it can actually be a competitive series, or do you think it's going to be favored more one side than the other? I think it'll be uh I think it'll be super competitive. I mean Crosby, Malcolm, and Tang, these guys wanna win one of the last trips to the dance. Um man, this this Rangers team's like pretty uh pretty feisty. They got they got a lot of like young young defensemen and young forwards and they just they just seem to get the job done. Like Panarin and Zabinijad. Those guys are carrying the load up front, and Fox is contributing to another Norris Norris Trophy season. Um, and just starting saving all all the pills. It's just I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how Pitt uh, comes back because they they're they're an interesting team. They they can either be really good or really bad. So yeah. I don't know. I, I could see that one going going the distance, going seven games. What's your um? What matchup would you be more enticed to besides the Toronto Tampa Bay one? Because that's those are your boys. But what matchup? Uh, Carolina Boston, Florida Washington, or Rangers Pens? Like what matchup entices you the most? I would say that Pittsburgh Rangers one. Yeah, I think that that one would have the most the most juice, the most drama, for sure. And I think they have, in terms of like electric factory, like exciting players to watch. I think the Rangers, um, Pens one is just filled with that. You got and just like yeah. the storylines, right? Shesterkin yeah. was having like a historic season until he like slightly slowed down a bit, and then just. Panarin, Kreider potted home 50 this year, which is yeah. crazy. And and then, yeah, Crosby, is this like Crosby, Malkin, and Latang's last dance? And then you got like Gensel too, Tristan Jari, can he keep it up in the playoffs? He's had playoff woes. So it it's probably my most, I'm most excited for that matchup as well. Mm-hmm. Who do you have coming out of the East? That is going to be tough. Um, Panthers or or Tampa? I don't know. Are they going to play each other in the second round? Is that how that would work? Yeah. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. So I think think whoever takes down 
one of those teams is definitely going to get through because that's like the Stanley Cup right there, pretty much. Yeah, because Tampa's a team you just never want to no. play against in the playoffs. Because like we Back said, Vasilevsky. And then like Braden Point, he's not even having like a great year this year, but he's had like Conn Smythe type of playoff performances. He's just he's been a unbelievable. playoff player too. Yeah. And he's then, got that, that extra gear. He's got the grit. Yeah, exactly. And then you got Kucherov, who just has one of the best one of the best players in the league. And then Stammer's having a resurgence type of year. He's scoring at will. And Hedman's Hedman. Yeah. Yeah, that's, they're good. Yeah, I think I think whoever wins that series between those two teams, if they play, then they'll. Yeah, I can see probably that. go on. I could see that for sure. Uh, let's shift over to the West, and this one is a little still in play here because only four out of the eight teams have clinched. Uh, Colorado's clinched the West. If they're the best team in the West, uh, St. Louis Mini. And then Calgary just clinched the playoff spot. And then we got L.A., Edmonton, Dallas, Nashville. And then Vegas and Vancouver are still in the hunt for a spot. Now, this one is interesting because Canucks at 84 points. L.A. is at 90 with the last spot in the Pacific. And then Nashville has the last spot, last wildcard spot at 91 points. Now, I think Nashville and Dallas are pretty much set. I think it's more going to be a battle for the last spot in the Pacific between L.A., Vegas, and Vancouver. How do you see this kind of shaping out? I mean, L.A. has a bunch of injuries right now, I think. So I think it'll be tough for them to to hold that third seed. And, like, props to them. They would they, – uh, they outperformed what a lot of people expected this year. Um, they played hard, played hard all year, but uh, I mean, they lost some, lost some key guys like Dowdy and the other guys at, at the wrong time for, for this playoff push. Um, and yeah, Vegas, Vegas hasn't looked spectacular lately either. Uh, I don't know what I think. I think, I think Vegas will catch LA though. I think LA will keep slowing down and Vegas will keep keep pushing for that third spot. Yeah, because like as we're recording, um Canucks play Dallas tonight. Yes. So, so this is a massive game if they want to make a push for the playoffs because Vegas lost last night to Edmonton, got shut out. Yeah. So yeah. this game would put them one point behind Vegas. At 86 points. Insane. And I do think Canucks have a couple games in hand on L.A. As well as Vegas. Yeah. So this is a huge, huge game for the Canucks. If playoffs are even a a hopeful for them, which it always is for the players. Do you think Canucks actually have any sort of chance at making playoffs? Or do you think... It's just unrealistic. I mean, it'll it'll be close. Um, they've they've been up and down kind of all year as well. Um, I'm looking at their their schedule. I think it'll come down to their strength of schedule and Vegas's schedule. Um, I, I think they have a real shot. I mean, tonight tonight is basically do or die, especially because they're playing Dallas, who's in the wild card seed right now. Um, yeah, I think I think it'll be close, man. I uh, I hope we can see some some playoff hockey coming up um, in Vancouver. But man, they play starts tonight, and they play the Senators tomorrow. Then they go Wild, Flames, those are tough, Seattle, L.A., and then the Oilers. Flames that, and Flames and Wild are a tough draw. Yeah, those are shocked. Um, 
Edmonton's dicey. We always are very inconsistent against them. Like yeah, sometimes. Actually, I'd say you got to win today and tomorrow for sure. And then hopefully go 500 the rest of the way between those two four games. But the game, tough. the game against LA is one of the most important games because yeah, that's massive. Because of the team we're chasing. And then hopefully Flames, now that they've already clinched, maybe rest some guys. (laughs) Hockey doesn't – NHL doesn't really usually do that, though, because they want to ride hot into the playoffs. So Mm. it's just – do you think if Boudreaux comes in earlier, Canucks are in a playoff spot? Yeah. I mean, a week earlier even, and they might – they might be in the third seed right now. Um, yeah, just just the way they responded to him, it's been been a good sign. And I think uh, yeah, a week a week or two earlier, if Bruce is there. I mean, you never know; could be there. Yeah, because he's just brought new a new spark into this lineup, and there's talks about whether or not he's going to be back next year because next year is like an option, and. Mm-hmm. When he was brought in, Patrick Alvin hadn't been hired yet, so he's not necessarily Alvin's guy. Do you think Boudreaux is back behind the Canucks bench next year? I would be kind of shocked if he didn't. Um, I mean, I think he's earned earned that right to be the bench boss for at least another year. Um, just the way they the guys respond to him and um, – how they've, how they've played under him, I, I don't see why not. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting, but I want to talk about the central here because it's, I think, a, a exciting series is St. Louis Mini. Yeah, that would be dynamite. Can, like, what's, what's your synopsis with that matchup? Because we talked about Mini and how exciting they can be. And then St. Louis is just a team who can turn it on in the playoffs. They're basically a team that just needs to make it. And no matter, I always, I kind of relate them to the Kings back in like the 2010s, where they were a team that could just squeak in as an eighth seed, but can like make it hard for any team. Yeah. And they did that in 2012 when they beat the Canucks, beat the Canucks in five. And then they just went on an absolute tear and beat the Devils in the final. And they were an eighth seed. Do you think, do you kind of see the same thing with St. Louis? How they're just really deceptive and they can just, because they're a heavy team and they can turn it on in playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're not the fleetest of foot, but uh, they do have a couple guys that can fly. But uh, yeah, they, they definitely got some, some blue collar players like Shen O'Reilly and a few of their other uh, other defensemen as well. Um, they can they can mix it up. But uh, I was looking I was looking this morning. Actually, they won like eight or nine in a row um, by like substantial margins. So they're they're clicking at the right time right now. And Minnesota is always dangerous too. So yeah, that'll be that'll be one of the series to watch for sure. Who would you have in that series? I think I would go St. Louis in seven. I think they have. Uh, I think they have the ex- more experience yeah. in this situation. I mean, it depends if Flower plays too. He's got that playoff mentality, and he's been there many times before. But I think uh, I think St. Louis is a little bit deeper and. Um, They've, they've had more experience in this situation. Yeah, fair enough. I think I'd go St. Louis too, just by seven. But uh, do you think this is Colorado's conference to lose? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, do you have nasty? <laughs> They're so good, dude. They're so good. And then, like, yeah, and they don't even have Kadri right now. Um, is Landeskog back as well? Yeah, and they don't have Landeskog either. And they're just running right. through people. And they're still uh, still just chugging along. And they got even deeper at the deadline, getting Lekkonen, yeah. yeah. Manson. 
Do you think this team is the truth or are you suspecting another Colorado choke? I mean, if Kadri doesn't get suspended, they'll be all right. Like he's done the past seven years, it seems <laughs> in a row. Um, but no, I think it will come down to goaltending. I think that's that's been a big question for them is how Kemper's going to do. So I think he's going to have uh, going to have all the eyes in the spotlight on him. So we'll see. But I definitely think it's uh, it's theirs to lose. They're they're built they're built different for sure. Is that your team coming out of the West? Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I just yeah, I'm I sure, I'm sure most people do as well. I can't see them having another choke this year no and i want to see nate dog win one i yeah he he needs one yeah and it's this is his last year on that six million dollar team-friendly contract so now or never yeah do you think he do you think he signs another team friendly he said he would question he said he would but I mean, if he yeah. if they lose, then maybe he just like yo, just like give me my money. But yeah, that's interesting. Do you think this I mean, playoff series determines what he goes for in the off season? No, I don't think so. I think he's he's established himself as a superstar already, and superstars don't make six million; they make like nine nine or yeah. ten so i mean anywhere anywhere in that range i'd say is is fair market value so like i think nine million dollars is a steal yeah like if he's not making in the double digits then something's wrong yeah yeah for sure yeah because so. team friendly ranges on level of player and if you yeah. look at just like matthews marner Tavares, they're all making double digits. Yeah. And then you got McDavid, Ovi, right? It's Crosby probably could be if he wasn't so super superstitious and making that eight point yeah. seven, eight, seven, eight, seven fucking contract that he has. But <laughs> but yeah, so when McKinnon says, Yeah, I'll take another team friendly, what does that mean for McKinnon, because like a nine million dollar contract is team friendly yeah. for his level, right? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what number he he lands on. Yeah, but I think this, I think Colorado comes out of the West. I think this is. Oh, yeah. I don't for think sure. they choke it this year. And Calgary's amazing this year, but Colorado had that had like the central clinched by like January. Yeah, pretty much. Like they were at like nine. They were at like ninety-eight points, and second place was at like eighty-two. Like I saw that, and I'm like, okay, this team is just different. And then they got deeper at the deadline. Yeah, but yeah, man, this was a hell of an episode. I um, I appreciate you coming on as always, Leggy. And um, let the people know where they can find you, follow you, if you want to tag your Instagram or Twitter. Go for it, bud. Yeah, I think it's I think it's uh, Mitch underscore Ledyard on Instagram and Twitter. I think they're both the same. So yeah, that's where that's where I'll be. And uh, you guys know where to follow me on Instagram at Jevin.lefave on Twitter at JevinLefave. Find everything for the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Left Side Heavy underscore. And be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel Left Side Heavy if you want to watch the episodes instead of just listening to them. And be sure to leave a rating and review on all podcast platforms. It helps grow the show. Legifer, thanks again, as always. It's uh, it's always a great time chatting with you. And uh, keep it sweet, my man. Hi, buddy. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's good to see how many how many podcasts you rattled off here now. You're almost at the, the century mark, buddy. You're doing, you're doing a good job. I'm proud of you. Appreciate it, buddy. Appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, episode 95, Kick Back and Relax, is uh, this Friday. And might be doing a uniform draft, an NHL uniform draft nice. with with the old lady, Georgia. Nice. <laughs> yeah, she uh, told me last night. She's like, "Yeah, let's do a let's do a draft." I'm like, 
I need a guest. I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> right on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, keep a lookout for that. And uh, thank you for listening, everyone. And we'll see you guys next time. Peace.